Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, it's awesome to see some new faces here. Um, thanks to the, uh, the awesome uh, fall festival we had uh, yesterday. Um, thank you so much for those who did such a fantastic job in, in uh, serving and putting that on yesterday. It was awesome. It was amazing. It was a really good time. Um, you know, so we are, we are looking forward to getting some rest um, in, in the next, in the, in the coming uh, four weeks, four to five weeks. But it's a little bit bittersweet. You know, every time we go, we go away for whether it be a week or so, uh, we are always looking forward to coming back home. We're like, I, you know, we, we always say to each other, oh, I can't wait to go back home. Got to go back home. Because this is, is such family, you know, family here. And, and um, we enjoy where we live. We enjoy the church. We enjoy our church family. And so to be away for four weeks is going to be quite interesting. And we know we're going to miss you guys. We know we're going to miss our family. And so, um, but we also know what we need, uh, and we need to rest. We know that we need to, to, to rejuvenate. We know that we need to, 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 um, to, to rekindle our energy, uh, rekindle our, our energy um, physically and spiritually for God. We know that, you know, I think, I think what happens is um, as... As time goes by and you, you, you continue to pour out for God and pour out for uh, God's people and pour out even for yourself, what happens is you find that, that you may not be um, uh, pouring back in, if that makes sense. And so you just need to, you need to find time to do that, right? And so I think we've, we got to a point where we're, where, where we're like, well, we haven't done that much, you know. And, um, and there's a lot of things that we went through in the past few years that we have gotten counseling on and discipling on that we realized that, especially me, I realized that I had done a poor job in dealing with. I didn't do a very good job in dealing with my dad's passing. I didn't do, many of you guys know the situation with the intern, Cam, that we had here who, who went to Nashville with some of the other interns and he passed away, he drowned and didn't do a very good job with dealing with that. And there's a lot of, then, then we had COVID that came and, and all this stuff. And so I didn't do a very good job in dealing with that. I think I masked it in doing ministry. And so I just needed, I feel like, need some time to uh, rest, you know? And so, and so even during that time, what happens is you lose some of this hunger for ministry as well. And so, and, and, and you mask a lot of things, right? You, you mask a lot of things and you keep on trucking. And, 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 and so that just gets difficult. And so I uh, realized that, um, yeah, we just need to get rest. We need to rekindle some of the fire that, you know, you know, when 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 you have a nice fire going, and it starts to it starts to kind of the flame starts to go down. You, what what do you do? Do you leave it and let it go down? No, you go over there and you rekindle. You know, you kind of do something. You throw some more wood on or do something to get that flame going again, 
right, before it goes out. And that's what, that's our intention. So when we come back in December, look out. <laughs> you know? Look out. And so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's our intention, right? And so, and so we, we're going to come back in, in December, and right at the beginning of, of December, we're, we're heading um, straight into a small church conference, which, which is going to be very timely for us because we're going to go into that conference looking to learn and soak everything up, looking to come back and apply a lot of things. And, and so we're very excited. We're very excited. And so, and so pray for us. Pray that we use our time wisely. Right. Pray that <laughs> Tom has been drilling that into us in the last week, but pray that we use our time very wisely um, to to make sure that uh, we do get the rest that that we need. Um, so we're continuing with our with our series here and closing it out today. It was just a two week series. We're closing it out today on uh, calling disciples, making disciples. And, uh, and, you know, as we listen today to, uh, to Jason's communion uh, that he shared so, you know, with such vulnerability, um, you know, I really feel like that that was such a fantastic communion. Sometimes, you know, we, we get confused thinking that a great message or a great communion or a great contribution involves a whole lot of words. Um, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it, it includes a whole lot. It needs to be a whole lot of heart. And I think that that was a whole lot of heart, and uh, it was great. It was great. He was he, he pretty much shared a very applicable scripture, and he shared his heart about when when uh, Micah met him at a time of despair, a time where he was just feeling like you know what I am done with college and I am gonna go home. But I am in a conflict because home is really not what I was, what I wanted, want it to be anyway. So I'm conflicted between home and I'm conflicted between school. I don't know what to do. This whole earth is not even my home anyway. So what do I do with myself? And that was the position that Micah met him at, you know. And and it's amazing because God knows when you need, when your back is against a wall and uh, you need help. And so, um, and so, you know, we, we see this pattern forming even today. Um, and uh, we're, you know, we're, we're continuing this talk about disciples making disciples. What I really want us to focus on today is that God has us where we need to be. God has us where we need to be. Sometimes we fight that, though, right? Sometimes we fight that and we try to get out of the places where God has us. We try to go somewhere else, but God has us where we need to be. God had Jason where he needed to be. God had Micah where he needed to be. And they just so happened to converge at that time. I remember that day. I remember Micah and I having... A conversation, right? And Micah was not necessarily in, in this place where he wanted to be. And I remember leaving him to pray. Right? And I'm like, dude, you gotta go, but you need to pray. 
And that's where he stayed to pray, and that's where he met Jason. God had him in the place where he needed to be, right? But sometimes, guess what we do? We try to do whatever it takes to not be there, to move on from that place. Because Micah could have said, no, I don't want to pray. I'm going to just go. I got things to do. And, th- and Jason's soul would probably have not been impacted that day. Maybe God ha- would have had other plans for him, but maybe not that day. And maybe not even here. Maybe somewhere else. Let's turn our Bibles to Matthew 28. And that has been our theme scripture throughout this whole thing, right? Matthew 28. It says, Then the eleven disciples, in, I'm sorry, in verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. You always have doubters, don't you? Some doubted. I mean, here we have Jesus. He, he was nailed to the cross, right? He died, right, put in the tomb, right? They come, they find the tomb empty. And then he tells them, they, 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 he, he appears to them, then they tell him, meet me on this mountain. But some doubt, even still. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, certainly, I'm with you till the very end of the age. What a passage. You see, people are meant to live the life God has called them to. And I ask you this morning, what kind of life has God called you to live? Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God, and we pray that our hearts will be open to your word this morning. That our hearts will be open to your scripture, to your commands, to your commission this morning. Father, thank you so much for our friends and our families that have come to hear your word. I pray that this message will not be my opinion, but it will be your word to us. I pray that your Holy Spirit is among us. Through your son's name we pray, amen. In what ways, and I'll ask this question again at the end of this message, but in what ways do you proclaim, speak out the gospel and disciple other people in your spheres of influence, in what ways do you proclaim the gospel message in your spheres of influence today? In places where you live, in places where you work, 
in places that you are a sphere of influence, that in places that you influence others, how do you speak the gospel to people today? You know, God calls the body of disciples to go out and make disciples of all nations. It's not a request. He calls us to make disciples of all nations. But how seriously do we take that? I fear that sometimes we read the scriptures, right? And we read it and we pick and choose and we say, okay, well, this thing I will take more seriously than this. Because this thing is more convenient for me than this other thing. And so what we do is some things are, are so easy, we, we feel. So, you know what, this one will make me happy, so I'll do this thing. This thing is a little bit more difficult, so I'll push this to the side for a more convenient day. And so when he says, go and make disciples of all nations, we say, oh, well, that's tough right there. That's really hard. Oh, at work? No, you know what? We come up with, a, with an excuse now. We say, hmm, let's see. I'll get fired for that. No, 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 no. I can't do that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, no, I'm not going to do that one right there. And we come up with these excuses. Right? Now, I'm not saying go to the workplace and bring your Bible and slap it down on the boss's desk and start preaching the word. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is be a disciple in the workplace. Influence people at work. If you are the same like everybody else at work, then there's an issue. If you are just like the other guy, then there's an issue. God calls us to make disciples, as discussed last week when we talked about that. But the natural question is where? The general answer is everywhere. The more specific answer is that God calls individual disciples to go and disciple and encourage others within our spheres of influence. You know, in Christianity, we have a lot of words that we throw around, that we come up with, right? And there are terms some people are familiar with, and there are terms that we are not familiar with, right? In some denominations, we use some terms. In other denominations, we use other terms. But there are some terms that, that, that come up as I read books and stuff like that. And one term is, of course, as we have termed this series, uh, called this series, is calling, right? And another term is vocation. Now, as we would think of vocation, um, the, you know, we think of it as just job, career, and so on. And usually the two are, dis- are, are to describe the idea in Christianity of God calling a person to a specific vocation. So nowadays, one of the, the first things people think about when they hear the word vocation, like I said, is a job or occupation. But that's not quite what is meant by a Christian vocation. Vocation means we can serve God in whatever work 
or home life we have. Whatever work or home life we have, we can serve God. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter if you're a student. It doesn't matter if, if you're a homemaker. You can serve God. Because I get these excuses all the time, guys. Right? That I, I, my life is like this. My life is like that. It doesn't matter. They come up with, we come up with all these excuses to say that we can't make disciples. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make you exempt. The Great Commission does not say go and make disciples. Oh, you who work at such and such a place. You who do this. You who do that. No. Everyone. Because that's what, it is, that's what a disciple does. So it's not that, okay, God is saying, oh, only doctors can be disciples. Because they have a slew of patients coming through that they can have an influence on. Only lawyers can be disciples. No, everybody. Everybody can be disciples. Regardless. In any of these, as Luther said, Martin Luther said it, that vocations are masks of God. What does he mean by that? On the surface, we see an ordinary human face. Our mother, the doctor, the teacher, waitress, pastor even. But beneath the appearances, God is ministering to us through them. God is hidden in human vocations. So in these vocations, in these people, God is hidden trying to reach people. He's masked in these vocations. So as we go out there, we see this waitress. Don't you just know that she could be trying to reach somebody? Wouldn't you want that to be you? Right? Trying to reach somebody. That's what we need to be like. Like that superhero, right? Who is masked out there. Trying to reach and save somebody. It doesn't matter what you look like. You're just out there trying to reach somebody. Isn't it cool how the superheroes, right, they go out there and they try to save somebody? And they're not, their interest is not that somebody knows who they are. They just want to go out there and save somebody. Spider-Man just swinging all over the place. Making jokes. And he's just saving somebody and then he's gone. Right? And the bad guys just can't stand him. Because he's cracking jokes, putting them in jail. Right? 
It's one thing that you go in jail, but you get made fun of too, right? I mean, it's like, that's who we are supposed to be, the good guy just helping people, saving souls. Micah sees this guy sitting on a stump, looks a little distressed, puts on his mask. He didn't really have a mask. Comes over there and he's like, he's like, all right, I'm going to take care of this guy. I'm going to, between me and the Lord, we're just going to snatch, snatch the demons out of this guy right now. You don't mind me saying that, do you, Jason? Just going to. Snatch it out of him, right? Like a superhero, man. And then, shortly after, Jason's up here doing a communion. Right? Talk about a superhero move right there. I mean, come on, guys. That's a disciple move. You know, this is important to know because as many people think, they think it, in order to truly serve God, they must go. Some people think to truly serve God, you got to go in like full-time ministry or something. It's not true. Or some kind of lay leadership role. But that is not the case. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. It says, nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. I mean... 1 Corinthians 7, 17 here reminds Christians, reminds us to live the life that the Lord has assigned. Whatever life God assigns you, that's the life you should live. Not live the life that, that, that we think God wants us to live. That we think God wants us to live. Live the life that he assigned you to live. And sometimes what we do is we complicate that. No matter your position in life, no matter where God has you, God can work in your life right where you are. God is able. Instead of thinking that, you know, you can, you can or will serve God when things change, Serve God in the place you are right now. Where are you right now? If you're married, live the life God has assigned. Single, live the life God has assigned. Student, live the life God has assigned. Teen, live the life God has assigned. Healthy or ill, live the life God has assigned. I've seen some people who are ill that live it so gracefully. I went to visit Etta in the hospital the other day. And I'm floored by how graceful she is in the hospital. 
I mean, praise God, she's getting better. But I think it's because she's the most graceful, sick person I've ever seen. <laughs> Live the life God has assigned. God may have you in a certain place in life to serve him there. Stop trying to change the plan. When you keep trying to change the plan, you're going to be miserable. I was talking to Dave uh, a couple days ago, Dave Washington, and he's telling me the story about what he's been through working at his workplace. And I sat there and I told him, I said, bro, I'd have quit a long time ago, brother. I said, man, I'd have even told you to quit a long time ago. But he's living the life that God has assigned him to live. And he's doing it with grace. Sometimes he gets a little frustrated, though. But still, he's living the life God has assigned him to live. And praise Jesus, it brought him here with us. You know, guys, we got we to gotta, we gotta live the life God assigns us to live. And stop fighting the plan. Many of you who have moved here, Many of you have moved here. I think it's because you've lived the life God has assigned you to live. Right? But some of us, sometimes we can fight it, man. And it makes us miserable. Anytime we go against God's plan, guess what's going to happen? You're going to feel pressure. Now, I'm no one to tell you where that pressure is coming from. I can guess. Could be wrong but you're going to feel some pressure. Live the life God has called you to live. You know, Eric Liddell, whose life was made into the film Chariots of Fire, is an example of someone proclaiming the gospel and looking to making disciples in the sphere of, of influence, in his sphere of influence, right? And, and, and an Olympian favored to win the 100 meters. He found out that the races would, would take place on Sunday, on a Sunday, right? Many of you have probably seen the movie. He's, convict, he's convicted that he, would, he could not run on what he observed as the Sabbath. He switched to the 400 meters and won gold. Later, Eric left his running career behind and became a, a, a missionary in China like his parents had been. Right? Conviction. Conviction. He observed the Sabbath on Sunday and said, look, I'm not running on Sunday. I don't care if I'm running for my country. I don't care how you feel about it. I'm not running on Sunday. Right? Live the life God has called you to live. Because I tell you, I mean, I've said this, I don't know how many times this week in different situations, Bible studies and stuff, but people are watching you. People are watching you to say, I wonder if he's going to keep up with this Christian thing. Mm 
He invited me to church. She invited me to church. I'm not going to go just yet. I'm just going to watch and see if she keeps up with this Christian thing. Let's see how he or she does first. I'll watch for two years. Two years comes, oh, still doing pretty well. Let me watch for five more years. Five years comes, oh, still, still hanging in there. I got time. Let me watch for 10 years. And they'll watch and they'll watch and they'll watch only just to see, not to congratulate you about your two or five years, only to see if you're going to mess up. Only to see if you're going to mess up. And, and they will reach 20 years and they see you not go to church one day. They'll peek through their blinds. And one day you may have pneumonia and you don't go to church. And it's, ah, see? I knew it. I knew it. It took 20 years. But see, they didn't go. I knew it. I knew it. And that's, yeah, that's reason for me not. I know this God thing ain't going to work out for me. Because that guy over there. He keeps missing church. One time. But keeps missing church. I ain't going to go. People will watch like that. People will watch. Scriptures say you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Right? That's an, that's an exaggerated, you know, example. But maybe not so much. Right? You know, there are many jobs and careers within this church. You know, we have engineers, we have teachers, we have nurses, students, retired military, stay-at-home parents. Yes, it's a job. Repairmen, office workers. And recall last week's message about the church going out and making disciples of all nations. You know, the Great Commission is as much an individual calling as it is a communal, a communal calling. It doesn't matter if you stay in the job you've got or decide to make a career change. You have to proclaim Jesus Christ to all nations. It doesn't matter if you stay where you live or move. It doesn't matter if you stay at the school you go to or change schools. You have to proclaim Christ to all nations, wherever you are. In Acts 17, 26, from one man he made all nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God is in control of all of that. And if God has created boundaries and times for us to live, would it not make sense that he would also have control of where you work, where you go to school, where you worship as well? We sometimes don't give God credit for his sovereignty. John Piper, he writes, what we all need to hear is that what lies most on the heart of God is not whether we move from one job to the other, but whether in our present work we are enjoying God's promised presence and obeying his commands 
in the way we do our work? Are we enjoying that? Are we enjoying God's commands and his presence in the way we do our work, knowing that he is there and he wants us there for what? His purpose. See, I know that many of us, man, I know that many of us go to work and we have probably even this one guy that's driving us bananas. And we have, or this one student that's driving us bananas, right? I know we got that going on. But I'm asking you to see God's purpose in it. And to know that that one guy or that one student, that one person needs Jesus. They need the Lord. They need to be saved. And it may not be now, but you are the person that can plant that seed for that person and make an impact. Where is your faith to know that God is at work with you? That he has traveled with you and is out for good. Not only to get um, to get the, 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 the job done, but the Lord's job done if given the opportunity. That our performance at work reflects our confidence in God's promises. Where's our faith? Do people at work even know you are a disciple of Jesus? Are they aware of that because of our behaviors? Because of the things we say? How we carry ourselves? At my work, they know. <laughs> um, they better. <laughs> um, that's, that's my last dad joke before I leave. Um, but seriously, though, in what ways do you proclaim the gospel and disciple others in your sphere of influence? Identify those areas in which you can improve. How are you doing there? You know, about, I want to say maybe it was a month ago or more, Ken and Jan have been doing a well, since they've been here in Huntsville, they've been doing a fine job in, in sharing their faith, talking to people as they go, being influential about God. And about a month, a month and a half ago, I've been, they um, came across um, Rashawn Hall as they... Uh, were looking for a condo and 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 got in touch with with Rashawn, and um, Rashawn showed them a condo and and uh, this led to the Osbournes um, inviting Rashawn to church, and uh, Rashawn came and he brought his family and brought uh, um, Jasmine Jasmine and and their children came out and they've been coming to church for over a month and. And uh, we've, we've been able to build a close relationship with them and through studying the Bible. And, and uh, it's just been a fantastic, fantastic time. 
um, and this is this is just through Jan and uh, and 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 Ken's example. They have been a fantastic example from being here um, over the years um, in 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 sharing their faith. And so, what I want to do now, as the close of my message um, and the close of this series, and talking about disciples, disciples making disciples, is to invite Robert. Moxley, Camille Moxley, Jan and Ken Osborne, um, Claudette, and Rashawn and Jasmine Hall to come up because today the Halls are going to get baptized. <laughs> <laughs>